Now, I don't think there's a person in here has surrendered everything to the Lord. Would you agree with that? <laughs> but guess what? Out of our mouth. So, the Lord then turned it into conviction because by the power of the Holy Spirit, He will give me the power to surrender all. So, I'd rather say that. No, not this hyper-faith thing, but I'd rather say, Lord, would you empower me to surrender all? And that gives some balance and life to it. Amen? Wow, the songs that we started with, uh, Bruno and his prayer. I don't have to preach. Bruno already preached it in a couple sentences. And um, it's so good to be here. I, um, you know, I was in the medical field for years before the last 40 years in ministry. And what I'm about to minister to you today is kind of a spiritual checkup. Every once in a while we have to do an inventory on ourselves and the body, the local body. So I want to speak that to you today, and I pray the Holy Spirit would give revelation, hear it correctly. And um, every once in a while I'll take a sip right here and, and wet my whistle. Never mind, you didn't get that, there's no water. But anyway, let's just pray. Papa, thank you again this opportunity. And oh, Holy Spirit, so depend on you to open the ears and the hearts and to move through me, Lord, that it would be you and not me that speaks these words. So we love you. We commit this time to you, Papa, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. What we're going to share today, what we're going to talk about is the heartbeat of Jesus. The heartbeat of Jesus, which is his body and his church. And you heard Greg, Greg say that um, just before, thanks, brother. I appreciate that. Um, the ecclesia were the called out ones. Everybody in here is the called out ones. But the first thing I want to do is set a foundation. We've been here long enough. There's been a great transition kind of turnover in the church. So I'm going to minister some things I ministered before, but I still want to go back to a foundation. And what I want to talk to you about is the three major gifts to start with of the Trinity. Now, there's gifts replete throughout the New Testament, and they're in different places, but these are the three major categories. And I've got to set this down before we move on to the, the thrust of the message. So the first one is obviously Father God gives gifts in Romans 12. And verses 3 through 8, and the reason I did this, we're going to focus mainly in Ephesians 4. But some of you who may want to record this and have not looked at it that way, I just went ahead and put the verses in for you. Romans 12, 3 through 8 are called the motivational gifts. And every saint and the body of Christ has at least one motivational gift. It's given by God. And so just remember, when you go through that, you have at least one of those. And what does that mean, motivational? It means when you operate in the gift that God's given you, you have joy with it. It's not like, mm, I don't want to do this. It's when you operate inside, woohoo, there's an excitement with it. And so every one of you who are saints in here. The second one, the second set is Jesus, and they're called ministry or office gifts. And we're going to focus on that today in the beginning. And he gave gifts to the church. So those are Ephesians, those are called ministry gifts. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit... 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11 are called the manifestational gifts. And literally that word is in there, 1 Corinthians 12, and the Holy Spirit manifests. And so those gifts are set aside by the Holy Spirit to be used in the body of Christ. And here's what I want to convey to you above all things. 
a gift is not given to you for your benefit. A gift is not given to you to fulfill and make you feel better about your insecurities or your significance. Two reasons gifts are given. To glorify God and to bless others. Now, we might get a backlash of that. You know, you see somebody get free or something, you operate in your gift. Woohoo, we get to enjoy that. But I'm telling you, gifts are not so you can feel better about yourself. Okay? We'll just set that right now. Now, so, so today I want to focus on Ephesians 4. And we're going to look at verse 7 quickly. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. I forgot to say, Rob, I don't know, are we the NAS? Good, New American Standard. I'm using this. Some of you, although it's on a screen, I really encourage you to open your Bible for a little bit because I'm going to use some words that are different in the ESV, the NAS, the New King James, the NIV. They're a little bit different, and you got to see, you'll see when we get there. So in verse 7, but to each one of grace was given according to the measure of whose gift? Got to remember that. And so now we're going to slip to verse 11. And he, Jesus, gave some as, you can read it with me, apostles, some as, some as evangelists, some as pastors, and some as teachers. We kind of call that the fivefold ministry, you know, even though I'm getting the Greek, pastor teachers kind of hyphenated. But we kind of call that the fivefold. And these are offices. These are ministries that's called in the body of Christ. And verse 12 is so important. What's the first word? The. What's the first word of verse 12? For. So he gave them for a reason. He didn't just give them so you feel good. He gave them for a reason. And for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Of the who... Saints. How many in here are saints? I hope many of us. If you're born again, you're a saint. It has nothing to do about your perfection or your performance. The Greek word literally means holy ones. And if you're born again, you have the righteousness of Jesus, the holiness of Jesus, so you're a saint. So don't feel uncomfortable about that. Sometimes when we leave this parking lot, we don't act saintly. It's our position not our performance. You get it? Now, the word for, I'm going to go a little bit here in verse 12. The first thing is, who's the head of the body? There's a body. We need a head. And it's Jesus. Never changes. I'm going to talk about the current situation in this body. Never changes. He's the head. And he gives gifts to men to help govern the body. Now, what for? For verse 12. Now, here's the word. I'm going to tell you the Greek word. You didn't get that. Anybody see? Say fact, Greek wedding? Good. The Greek word. Katartismon. Katartismon. Good. Now, watch. One word has all these definitions. It's amazing. Just like we use the word love. In the English language, how many use the word love? But there's five major loves, all different, and that's what this is for. To do what? It's to prepare, 
Some of you have that in your translation. It's to perfect. Some of you have that. It's to equip. Now, we're preparing the body. Will you please hear me? The gifts are given to prepare the saints to do the work of the service. So preparing, perfecting, equipping us. You're going to see this in a minute. The Lord gave me a vision. I'm going to give it to you. Some of you heard it before. To supply. What did we just do here? We collected. What did we collect? To supply. But it's not only that. It's to supply the body through the gifts. To do something. Supply us. To do something. These gifts come to supply us. It also sends. The Greek word for apostle means what? Anybody know? To send. The Greek word apostle. We all talk about apostle. We go, ooh, that was back in. It just means to send out. So this is the gift also that sends. And it also mends. (laughs) The origination of this Greek word goes to what was a major job they did back in Jesus' day at the lake. Good fish. What did they use to fish sometimes? Did the nets stay perfect? The nets didn't. They did what? They eroded. They broke. This word literally means to mend the net. Watch. The body of Christ is a net. See, networking is for communication. But net mending is for relationships. Did you get it? Net mending is for relationship. We are somewhat of a hospital. The body of Christ is a hospital. We take care of one another. We minister to one another. Restore. Do you think we're acting like the first century church? Anybody? I don't know that we quite possibly are operating fully in that. We need the first century church to be restored to its fullness. That means everything. The gifts, the fruit, everything needs to be operational. Actually, if you were in a surgery and they were doing surgery and they said, we're going to leave some of the tools outside. We don't need them today. The patient may not get everything it needed. We need everything that God gave them for a reason. To restore and to bring order. To bring order to the body of Christ. I'm going to say this now. I was going to say it a little later and I'll reiterate it. Do you know why we don't have a perfect local church? Anybody? Because we have imperfect people. We have human beings. When I do weddings and uh, just doing some pre-marriage counseling, counseling, the Lindsay, we do the wedding next Saturday. People... Couples come to me and say, we want a perfect marriage. Not. What? By faith, we want a perfect marriage. You can have a godly marriage, but you ain't going to be a perfect marriage because which one of you is perfect? Anybody sitting in these seats perfect? We're not going to have a perfect local church. You better decide if this is where God wants to feed you, raise you up. This is a place to come. Because whether it's a church, we are not to compare, we're not to judge, we're not to criticize. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit and come where we need to be fed and give. We receive those songs. My goodness. Freely we receive, freely what? Give. And that's what the vision. Now, 
Let me give you the vision. I was preparing this a number of years ago, and this very verse, and the Holy Spirit showed me a stadium full, if you can picture the SEC, on a Saturday in Tuscaloosa or Tennessee, wherever. They have how many people sometimes in that stadium? 100,000? Oh my gosh, it's filled to capacity. And the Lord put me, this was in my, the Spirit of Holy Spirit came to me, and He put in my mind's eye the stadium, and then He had me, I was standing on the sidelines, and He had me look up to the press box. And there was Father God, there was Jesus, the Holy Spirit, I couldn't see Him, but I knew He was kind of hovering around. And guess who was next to Jesus? Satan. And I looked on the field, and there was two teams playing against each other. One was the kingdom of darkness, and the other was the kingdom of God. But guess who the players were? The fivefold ministry. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. And then the stands were all saints. And I looked down, and I saw the kingdom of darkness pushing the fivefold ministry. And some of them would come off, and they'd be bleeding sweating, and there'd be saints on the sideline with their towels in water, and they'd wipe their brow, squirt in their mouth, hit the pastor in the behind, say, go get him. Listen to me. Go get him, pastor. All of a sudden, I heard a whistle blow, and I looked to my right, and it was Jesus. And he went, anybody know what that means? Everybody Stop. You guys get off the field, come over here, because you're the coaching staff. And everyone in the stands get on the field. Did you hear that? Everyone in the stands. Not some. Not some who are mature. Not some who are gifted in certain ways. But every one of you saints get on the field. And guess what my next vision was? I saw the kingdom of God pushing the kingdom of darkness. Because Scripture says the kingdom of darkness will not prevail against the church when it's operating the way it's supposed to. When everyone is doing what they're supposed to do. It was so precious to me. And the, the coaching staff, the five-fold ministry, was sitting on the side and they were doing those things because, see, they played on the field for a while. Then they came off and coached and there was victory coming forth. Now let's move to the three major types of New Testament government or authority. These are major types. But this is when. First 20 years of my ministry, I pastored a local church or was an elder. And then in the last 20 years, I've been ministering to pastors in their local churches. So I've been around a lot of eldership, deacons, and pastors, and congregations. And it's anywhere from the little country church with 20-some people to 10,000. And on this one, I want you to look at quickly, the three major ones is the senior pastor, the second one is the elders, and the third major type of government authority is congregational. Now hear me. I'm going to minister first the negative. Some churches that are senior pastor driven means he's the man. In other words, here's what I call it, and I've seen it. Breaks my heart. It's called the Moses syndrome. We're in the New Testament. We're not in the Old Testament. And the Moses syndrome 
as the person who's in charge of everything. Then the next one is the elders. I'm giving you the negative first. And there's a thing called the plurality of elders. And they rule and reign everything. Say everything that goes on in the church. The lead pastor has no word and the congregation has no input. The next one is the congregational. And they rule and reign. Now, I'm going to get back to local men. What do I mean by that? I've been to country churches, and some of you know what I'm talking about, where the family started the church 100 years ago. They've been there for 100 years. They give their tithe, and they rule and reign. This is what, oh, we don't, we don't do that in here. Why? Because we we're traditional. We don't do that because mom and dad and grandma and granddaddy didn't do it. And they dictate what goes on. Those are the negatives. And do you know why they're negative? You know why the senior pastor, the plurality of elders in a congregation? Because the one sin that's in every one of us is called iniquity. You know what it means? Having one's own way. So the senior pastor wants to be in power and control. The eldership, the plurality of eldership wants to be in power and control. And then the congregation. Well, let me say this to you. In all my years, this is my, from my observation, this is a very healthy local body. We are without a senior pastor. But I'm about to share something with you. I'm going to give you a word the Lord gave me regarding this body. I took it to some of the leadership. I'm going to tell you that I think, not because he's my son, I think CJ's doing a, a good job of the lead pastor, doing what he's supposed to do. The elders in this church are a mature, amazing, teaching, governing body. And the worship team, I mean, I'm telling you, if I stuck a spiritual thermometer in this church, it's healthy. And coming together as the seat, let me give you the word. Here's the word the Lord gave me about a month ago. He said, some of the symptom in the local body at Gateway, some of the saints are just marching in place. Now, some of us in the military know what that is, don't we? Anybody, what does it mean, marching in place? Say it again. We are moving, but we're not going anywhere. <laughs> In other words, it's the same in a band. And what's happening is, and I, I, I'm speaking this, I don't know who you are, but I'm saying we're kind of like in limbo until the senior pastor gets here. Wrong. It's not till, it's like we're, we're like, oh, thank you, Lord, just feeding us a little bit. Thank you for getting us by until the senior pastor. Let me tell you, the senior pastor is coming, and he's going to have a position, and it's going to have the authority God gives it. The same authority it's going to give the elders, and the same authority it's going to give you guys to vote on him. Are you following me? It's called being subjected to the head and being submissive to one another. You've got to have that balance of the marching in place. Let me talk to you for a minute. Let's look at something. Verse 12 and 13 again. 
for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. What's verse 13? What's the word, the first word? That was really strong. Y'all really tried again, everybody. Thank you. Wake you up. Okay. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature that belongs to the fullness of Christ. In other words, we are operating, we're taking it day by day, we're seeing what our gifts are, we're seeing what our calling is. I think it was you, Craig, you said, if you're not serving in some way in this place. See, God set you all up. There was like three or four hors d'oeuvres before the message that God was speaking. First of all, I'm going to make this clear. There are no mini-saints in here. There's no semi-saint in here. Yes, we're at different maturity levels, but the Jesus in you is the same as the Jesus that's in everybody else. And whatever gift you have, you never compare it to someone else's. And you don't say, well, I just got this little gift. Because you're telling the Lord, he don't know what he's doing about the gift he's giving you. And it says the measure. He gives you exactly the measure that you need to do what he's called you to do. And so, you know, you can come in here every Sunday and sit and hear the word and go home and eat your chicken. Or pizza or whatever. But what I'm trying to convey to you is this body. Are we waiting to go about our business? Or what is the vision of this church? Over there, give me it. Oh, but we can't do it fully until the senior pastor gets here. Wrong. I praise God when the senior pastor comes because that's God's will. But we are not lacking anything. It's amazing what goes on in this body without the senior pastor. Although CJ's fulfilling some of that mantle, it's not like, oh, I'm glad you're in place right now. Just keep it going until he comes. You know the elders that come up here, the people come up and preach. It's amazingly healthy and diverse. Some churches never get to hear one of them. Never mind every Sunday you get somebody up here preaching the truth. So, the word is until. Now, one of my favorite phrases is this. Anybody ever heard? The now and what? Thank you, honey. We didn't plan this. This is... This is not Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis or something. Of course, you kids wouldn't know who I just mentioned. But But now, the kingdom of God is now. People are getting saved and healed and delivered. But is the enemy still doing his thing with limited power? He doesn't get get more than the Lord lets him. He's already been defeated. Colossians 2, do you hear that? This is not like Rocky and Mr. T. There's not a battle still going on between Jesus and Satan. He not only knocked him out, he crushed his head. Already. But now we've got to take and apply that and use it. So every one of you in here, the now and the not yet. When does the not yet come? Anybody? When does the fullness of the kingdom come? Jesus' return. When Jesus returns, everything will be put into place. 
and I'm going to say this as gently as I can. Would you guys, are you not doing anything because you wait till Jesus comes? Or are you going to walk out your calling and walk out your destiny and when Jesus comes, he comes? That's the mindset we've got to have. It's so precious if we have it. We're a body. And remember, even with shepherds, even with pastors, Peter said, Jesus is the chief shepherd and we are the under shepherds. No one likes the word under. I want to be on top, not under. We are serving the head. So with the now and the not yet until the until. Now let me give you the results of this. I'm closing. Watch this. This is, to me, I love this. Yum, yum, good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Verse 14. This is a mandate to you. As a result, we are no longer to be children. And that includes y'all. Step up for your generation. God's already gifting you. He's pouring into you. So don't wait. Well, when I grow up, you are grown up. Jesus in you. And we are not to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But verse 15, but speaking the truth in what? We are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ. You don't need to know the Greek of that or anything. That's pretty clear in the English. We are all. And, and by the way, you don't grow yourself up. As long as you yield and submit, he grows you up. He fills you. He sends you. He supplies. He does it all. And then, verse 16, from whom the whole, what? I want you to get this. From whole body, being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. My Lord. See, I'm not here to pump you up. I'm here to speak the truth to you because you have a destiny in you. And if you don't walk it out, you're going to be frustrated. You won't have joy. And you don't have to look at someone else's. And, and the Lord showed me this once on the three, I mean the five, isn't there five Olympic rings? Is that right? And aren't they all different colors? And so, see, this is the diversity. The Lord showed me this. We're all different. We all have our sphere of destiny and calling. But did you notice they're interlocking? You see, they don't go forward separate. They go forward and we put our arms in each other and we don't go, I don't, I'm jealous, I don't like you, I don't like you. Put them in, use what God's given you, and let's advance the kingdom. Is that a good deal? Man. My last one. I very seldom do this, but this is one of the times that you go back in verses instead of forward. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, and we're done. What does it look like when the body of Christ is moving as God has it right now? I want to ask you right now. Please don't have the attitude of waiting on the senior pastor like you do waiting on Jesus to return. 
This has nothing to do with him. God will call him. He'll mantle him. Please, body, you can come forth and do a miraculous job for the head, Jesus. Watch what it says. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, Paul says, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the of the what? With which you have been? With all what? Humility, gentleness, with patience. Patience. Even David said, oh Lord, give me patience and please hurry. It's an oxymoron to me. Patience, showing forbearance to whom? One another. In and being diligent to persevere. Preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Love, peace, joy, fruit of the Spirit. And when the out there, the unbelievers, see us operate in this and see you in the world. By the way, those gifts not only operate here. Remember I told you about the stadium? This is the locker room of the Spirit. This is where you get trained because where do you play on the field? You get trained in here and play out there. And all those gifts are in the marketplace. It's amazing how God gifts me. I know others in here. Bill operates in the apostolic at the marketplace at his business. Other of you do the same way. What? One who sent. You don't do it in here. You do it out there. And it's so neat because you don't use your own power to do it. Isn't it wonderful? And then it says, when you love one another, they will know, Jesus said, that you're mine and I'm the Messiah. Amen. I'm going to pray over you after this. I'm going to encourage you as the worship team comes up. I'm going to encourage you to seek the Lord freshly. Surrender. You might want to come up here, recommit, or in your seat. And then I'm going to commission you afresh when this is over. Once we're through, they'll see I'll step up here. But let's stand up and let's pray and see what the Lord does for you.